Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. with Scott Erickson. You may know him from Instagram as Scott the Painter. But today we are talking about his newest book, Honest Advent, and this just felt like a really great way to usher us into the Advent and Christmas season because we had the best conversation about the commercialization of Christmas and how we can get back to the basics of what this season really means and what it's really about. I loved getting to chat with Scott about this, and I hope that this is the perfect way to usher you into the Advent season. So I've had the show, this will be its third Christmas, and I have I never had the forethought to have an episode that even remotely <laughs> talks about the season the that season we are entering into. So I have not gotten to finish it. I feel like I'm like reading 17 books at a time always because totally. it's oh, yeah. podcast life. But mm-hmm. I was worried that it was going to be like super Christmassy. Yeah, no. And when I read the introduction, I was like, oh God, like I emailed my assistant <laughs> and was like, get him on the show because this is exactly yeah. like what I'm looking for. And what got yeah. like, did when did you write this book? Well, I put it all together in May. Okay. So like, is it pandemic shaped at all? So it was, I mean, it was in the introduction, but it was like the last election. That's right. That's right. The last election. And and I just, it's like, we got done with that election and it just felt like we were in just everything. Like there was like Like Syria and like, and then you go to a store and everything's decorated in like Christmas holiday and music, which I love, but I was like, I need more than this. This doesn't do anything for me. Uh, And and then that made me really go like, yeah, in fact, this has slowly become irrelevant to the world I find myself into. Absolutely. And and I was like, oh, is this sacred story? Is it irrelevant to our world? And that was kind of my like introduction into meditating on like, what does it mean to be incarnated? And I know we use the word incarnation for like Jesus, but we ourselves are an incarnation. We are Mm -hmm. like something untangible that became tangible. Mm -hmm. And so as I started really getting in, like thinking through like, and we were pregnant at the time. So it was also like, and it's totally cliche. Like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife's pregnant and Christmas is more real than ever. But it was, but I was like (laughs) the third time around. So it's still magical, but it's also like, we've done this before. And, and I was more like, Hmm, you know, there's a lot of like fluid and heartburn and 
mucus plug and a lot of things that get left out of the Christmas story. And it was like getting into the biology and, and, and I, and it just all these thoughts of sacredness and yeah. And, and really I was just like, what always gets me about religion is just like, it's all invented, not saying it's like made up, but like the framework that we, that helps us get to the essence is all just made up. And right. so we can change it anytime. Right. Uh, we just get caught up in nostalgia. So I was like, I really want to like rebrand Christmas in a way yeah. or um, come up with something different. So that was, that was, so I, I made a first batch of illustrations the next year. I made some more the next year. I made some more, which was last year. And then I was like, Oh, I have 20. I put it together, made a snazzy pitch deck and got a, a book deal. So there you go. Hey, yo. That's how it is. So yeah. So backing up just a little bit, I, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? You have this incredible like platform and your artistry is, is so good. It's like oh, minimalist and stripped down and beautiful. So tell us a little bit about like Scott the Painter. Scott the Painter, which came about because my name is Scott Erickson and there's lots of Scott Ericksons ah, in the United States. That's, I'm the girl named Blake because uh-huh. of the opposite. There's not a lot of girl Blakes and I was oh, really tired yeah. of getting like sir, you know, <laughs> so made it loud and clear. <laughs> that's great. It's weird though, cho- choosing um, like an internet name uh avatar because then like yesterday <laughs> turns out i started going to a new chiropractor and the receptionist is like are you scott the painter it's like <laughs> Erickson, it. but yes yeah <laughs> i mean it's not bad having my like my artistic skill be my last name but no uh yeah what do i do in the world i'm a professional artist which is a mystery unfolding so i make a living doing a number of things which looks like I'm an illustrator painter. I'm a professional speaker and I tour doing these kind of interactive shows. And then uh, I'm making a go at book making. So this is my third book, my first solo book, but my third book, just really a lot of work, um, but it's a delightful process. Absolutely. So you just said in your, in our unofficial opening, which I really, I love it. So here for it. You said this, this like phrase, we need to rebrand Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So funny story. I'm an unbeliever for a pretty, like a hot minute. And I literally had not heard the phrase advent. Yeah. Until like maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. You know, and so. You weren't Catholic, right? You didn't. Right. Christmas was like baby Jesus and pretty lights and like, woo. And then I was introduced to this concept of Advent and you, another word that you use is like sacred. It be, it shifted Christmas for me pretty significantly. And so technically before we started recording, but kind of not, I, I said something about when I got your book originally, I was hopefully like wary that it wasn't just another Christmas book. Because Christmas needs a rebrand. Well, you're saying I have a chance of being successful, which I appreciate. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I do. It's uh, we. This is probably not good for podcast. If we were just chums sharing a drink, I'd share this with you. But like, I do think it is this. If uh, on the strengths finder test, I don't know if you're in a strengths finder, but yeah. strength, my highest strength is connectedness. So it's a little like beautiful mind, like always seeing like, oh, look at how all these things come together. Mm -hmm. I literally see like graphics like, oh, and I have been paying attention where I'm like, 
look, I'm biased. I worked really hard on this book. I don't think it sucks. And it's not the greatest piece of literature ever, but it's, it's good. It's very well done. And it's honest. And, but I was like, I totally think this is like the book for now. Absolutely. Um, Because again, we're mirroring four years ago in a very divisive election. We've had maybe not conflicts in Syria, but we've had conflicts on the streets mm-hmm. uh, with race and, and uh, authority and all of this kind of stuff. We have this global pandemic. We have a loss, a, just a constant destruction of the world we know. And I think more than ever, and like what's going to happen is companies are going to blanket our society in Christmas cheer. And we're going to go, this doesn't mean anything to right now. And, and it's going to be the same thing. And but we're going to book... feel like we're supposed to just consume it and it's going to yeah. make us happy. Yeah, we're supposed to sing these songs and be like, well, we'll get really moody with O Come and Come Emmanuel because yes. that's like the moody one that mm-hmm. we emo at church or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, I, I think, we're... and the real question is that I had is just like, I get it. Uh, I, I get the Christmas celebration, but is it a, um, is it a memorial service or is it a birthday party? Ooh. And I, and, you know, because a memorial service happened, something that happened long ago and we're just remembering or, but a birthday party is, it means it's ongoing. And, mm-hmm. and, and as a, a Christian, <laughs> which we could talk about that brand, because I feel very <laughs> off brand with what that term means. In But you're on brand for the crappy Christian. Yeah. I'm on brand for crappy Christian. Yeah. What I was like, is like, is Christ, is the incarnate Christ, the, is the invisible, visible is it still coming into our midst? And what does that look like? And where do we find that? And is that, is that a good word or good news for us? And um, that was my meditation and seeking after that through illustration and contemplative writing. Yeah. Well, and I think the reality is, is that yes, Advent begins in December, but don't we now always live in Advent awaiting his return, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's Advent is, does it actually mean like anticipation or the coming of? Advent means coming in Latin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's this coming, there's something that is coming into your midst mm-hmm. and you're waiting for that, that coming. You're waiting for that arrival. And so it's, it's to prepare you, it's to give a framework of like longing, which I think is actually part of any kind of spiritual faith journey is that there is this like, not yet, not complete aspect of it. Yes. And, and I actually think that what we need to do is turn that emotion into, a, instead of a lack, into the definition of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, this great author, Frederick Beekner has this really great essay called Message in the Stars. And he just imagines, he, his premise to the, uh, the essay is like, why doesn't God re- give evidence of or proof that God exists to a world mm-hmm. desperate to know? And so he muses that he's like, what if, what if God did, what if God like literally wrote a message in the stars, like moved quasars and red dwarfs and wrote a message that said, Hey, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. what would happen to the world? And he, he's like, churches would meet in stadiums. They would be filled. People who had been doing things in secret would know that there was never a secret place to do it. And like the, he talks about all this kind of, it would lead some people to arrogance, some people to repentance, all of these things. But he says years later, and it kept changing. He said like night after night, God would do it in different languages. One night it'd be in French. It'd be like, c'est moi, le bon Dieu, you know? And it would just be like that. And he said, there would be this moment where like a, a, a dad and his young son would be out looking at the stars and the son would go, what's that? 
dad? And he goes, well, that's evidence that God exists. And the son, in all his innocence, would go, well, so what? What, is, what does that matter anyways? And, and Frederick Buechner goes, I don't actually think, we think, our, we think what our real question is, is does God exist? He's like, I actually don't think that's our real question. I actually think our real question is, does God exist in all this? Mm. Like in this life, in my life, in the mundane, everyday biology of it all. Yeah. And that, and that is our real question. In fact, no, nobody else in the podcast has seen this because we're on a video, but I have stars and I have C'est moi le bon Dieu tattooed on my arm, on my what? shoulder. That's just so for, cool. Just for that reason, because I love that. Because that, and, and what he says is like, maybe that feeling of lack inside of you, that feeling like you don't have God is the presence of God in your Amen. life. Maybe Absolutely. that feeling of disconnection. And I actually think that that is that is the truth that like that is the gold right there if you can if you can do that if you can make that switch you will be like oh i'm always in the presence of this thing this 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 mystery that we've given right. a name called god like this unfathomable mystery that we gave a name called god yeah well and so i talk a lot in my space about like hustle culture and that idea mm-hmm. that you can like strive yourself into fulfillment and that's essentially the crux of that as well is no you were created with a desire to be seen and known and heard and loved and understood but where we've gotten it twisted is that we think that we can work ourselves into that where in reality it's something that like has already been done we just have yeah. to to live in it and in in tandem to that i feel the same way about christmas we were created right like even the the rocks will cry out if we don't we were created to glorify god and to to sing his praises we've just gotten it twisted and turned christmas into a hallmark holiday yeah yeah i got co-opted by consumerism for sure Right. Um, and like talking about branding, the brand of Christmas is, is a, it's a gargantuan brand. It's like a juggernaut that there's no, it is the juggernaut that you can't stop. Yeah. So one of the ways that we can is by like completely disre like complete, not throwing it away, but like shelving it, putting it aside, put it with the elf on the shelf and just like go, (laughs) I need something that doesn't even look like this anymore. Yeah. And that was my attempt in like illustrations and language was to go, we can't, like, Christmas isn't about wintry scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's about human biology. Like, mm-hmm. it's, about, it's about God participating in human biology yeah. and, all, and all the vulnerabilities and weaknesses of that. And so where we find Christ in our midst is actually through our vulnerabilities and mm-hmm. our weaknesses mm-hmm. and our finiteness and our mortality and all of the these things. Stuff. The fun stuff. The fun stuff, you know, we spend a lot of time. Everybody's like, yes, let's please talk about my vulnerabilities and weaknesses more. Can we do that? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then we see that actually like the vulnerabilities of a human life are the elements that that help us connect to this invisible God that says I'm with you. Right. So we we find God with us in our vulnerabilities. Amen. Yeah, because so that is the place that we connect. Blake the girl named Blake. This is yes, like Scott the painter. This has been changing my life and I'm in my 40s and I'm a spiritual director and all this but like I it's so funny like I'll give you an insight. We just met but I'll give you an insight of my life is that uh mm-hmm. I was trained as a teacher. I was a high school teacher for a while. I've been a college professor. 
And I still have a hard time thinking of myself as a teacher. It might be a little bit of an imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. But I was, I was dealing it with my spiritual director, and he was like, do you, is it an inward competency or an outward competency that you have a hard time with? Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, is it an outward competency, meaning like you don't know how to put stuff together? Or is it an inward competency, meaning like you don't think you're worthy enough for this position? And I was like, <sighs> it's, it's an inward competency because I know how to put interesting shit together. I can do the thing. I can do the thing. It's the, it's the find the place from within myself to stand that I feel like I keep tripping up on. And he was like, because I never, I mean, I never really intended to become like a, a spiritual leader. Like, right. uh, I mean, there are Same. times when I've been a vocational minister and things like that, but like, yeah, it wasn't. And I, what I was dealing with is that because I was like, I was like, the problem I can't find my inward competency is because I don't feel like I have it together every day. Right. Like I never feel like I have it together which is right. probably my Enneagram fourness, but also, but he, but he was like, yeah, but as we got into that, it's a long story that we'd all don't need to hear. But what I, I, what I had to start doing is the, it's what we talked about before. The feeling of not having it together is actually the evidence that you're connected. Mm-hmm. It's what Jesus says when he's like, heaven celebrates when one sinner goes, I don't have it together versus a hundred people who are like, I'm fine. I got this. Yeah. Because I'm fine means like, I'm a solo act. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not connecting to anything. I don't need anybody. Right. Like saying I don't have it together means like I'm open to connection. I'm open to participation. I'm open to a loving and caring relationship. And yes. that is the co-creating we are invited to do in the world. So in fact, faith is not this like, let's get polished. Let's be, you know, it's, it is in fact, it's constantly to be in touch with your vulnerabilities. Cause that is the place that you connect with God. There is this, a Catholic priest named Anthony DeMello. And he says, be grateful for your sins because they're doorways to God's grace. So for you, tangibly, what does rebranding Christmas look like? Like, what has that looked like for you? Yeah. I'm a storyteller, so I need to tell a story. Uh, Yes, please. And that's what probably a good podcasting is. I uh, Cream of the crop, man. Let's go. Four, I don't know. Number of years ago, I found myself at this thing called a SIVA conference, which is Christians in Visual Arts. Great organization that has gathered arts and artists and does a lot. And I got asked to speak on this panel. It's just like five minutes, but I got to go. It was in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Calvin College. And so I'm at this arts conference and I'm sitting there and just presenter after presenter is like a college art professor reading some paper on stage. And just after a while, I was looking around, I'm like, I'm sorry, is this an arts conference? Where are all the weirdos? Like I wanted like, like a doc. Where are all the fours? Like I wanted like a doc Brown from back to the future. Like, hi, I made all this stuff. And you know, like with and just really eccentric. Cause I'm like, that's the crazy people I hang out with. That's a crazy person. I'm an artist because I'm a haunted person. Like, like, like I'm haunted every day to like make something and I'm just releasing the haunting. And, and I felt like really out of place in that moment because I felt like the whole conference was trying to prove that it was so important. And then in that moment, I was like, oh, that's the way I feel about church. It's spending all this time trying to prove that it's so important, that it's the way that we have the religious superiority over everybody. 
and it disregarded, Moral high ground. disregarded that the fact that it's just a bunch, it's just really weird, right? Like, don't get me wrong, like church is one of the only places where weirdos are allowed to join. So it's definitely full of weirdos. But like, if you look through these ancient scriptures and stories, it's, it's stories about women and men who are confronted with just like a supernatural reality in their boring, mundane reality, and it transforms their lives. And I was like, oh, I want to reclaim the weirdness of all of this. I'm tired of how sanitized we have to make it all look because if, if we showed messiness and pubic hair and all this stuff, we would go, ah, it's not friendly for Christian radio or it's not right. it's a little too unsafe or like, what? This, right. is, this is the messiness of human life. This is what, where God has found. And so I've just kind of, the larger picture has been my attempt as an illustrator and artist has been to kind of rebrand what we think spirituality and then under that like christian spirituality looks like Mm -hmm. because we have this long history of art commissioned by the church which beautiful stuff michelangelo caravaggio all of these one even charles chagall mark chagall not charles chagall that's that that's somebody else Uh, (laughs) that was a french leader uh mark chagall all of these um you know there's wonderful commissioning but it it was um, restrained in some ways. Mm-hmm. It had to look a certain way, and and so uh, like my attempt is not to be like you know art gone wild. Let's show all the things, but like it is to go. None of this. It doesn't have to look this way. It can look lots of different ways. Yeah. And so when I approached, I'd been doing this for years, and then when I approached Christmas, I was like, that's not how I would put the story. There's a lot of us about what Christmas is supposed to be, and I want to push against the cliché assumptions. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. Okay, so since you are currently listening to an episode about Advent, I wanted to let you know that I've created a free download of a Advent scriptural reading guide. It's called The Blessed Arrival, and it is very straightforward. It's literally just verses to read every day, and it goes through the prophecies, the fulfillment of those prophecies, and Jesus' birth. And it's just a really easy way to get back to the simple purpose of what this season is about, which is Jesus. So if you want to follow along, you can go to crappychristianco.com slash links and download the Blessed Arrival today. Harrington and he has a book coming out it might be out oh it's definitely out by the time this comes out it's literally called murder bears moonshine and mayhem (laughs) nice and it's about it's stories from the old testament and how like freaking weird and Uh messy and off the wall it all was and like more of that please more we have in that word you use that word sanitize we've sanitized and stripped the humanity off of Christianity and church and religion, which I'm right there with you. I very much tend to not 
fit in, you know, the, the box. I've like tr- been trying to get a book deal for a hot minute, but I tend to just be like a little bit too rough around the edges <laughs> for most people, you know, like it's just maybe like by the time this comes out, that'll be a thing, but, <laughs> but it's true. And we've done that to Christmas and that season that I love, you said something about Christmas isn't about winter scenes. That it's just not, and, and that's again. That doesn't mean that those things are bad. I'm gonna decorate yeah. my house for Christmas. I'm gonna Absolutely. get a Christmas tree. Us I'm too. Take my kids to see Santa. Like I'm gonna do those things, but it's it has to be more important to honor and experience what is happening than those things. And I think that it really it's just a, it's. A, a relatively simple shift of intention and and focus. Yeah, I mean, for half the world, Christmas happens in the summertime. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's just that we live in the juggernaut of marketing and mass marketing. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's been like, eh, it looks better if it's, you know, Santa in a wool suit doesn't look great in palm trees. You know, it right. just doesn't, it doesn't really mix. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons for how our the brand or what we assume or what it feels, the Christmas tingle, what that all feels like. Yeah. So, and, 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 and I am not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying, like, no. cause I like, for me, I'm like, bring on the pumpkin spice latte, bring on the mold wine, bring on Christmas. Like when I lived in Washington state, cause I now live in Texas, but I grew up in Washington state <laughs> these last couple of years, I would keep our Christmas lights on until March because Absolutely. it's freaking dark up in the like, northwest in I winter it, it, and i was like i know i'm the crazy neighbor with christmas lights still up in february but it brings me joy when i come home and it's dark at five o'clock to go oh there's some lights i like i like the decorations i think you should have a tax deduction because you keep you know off your electricity bill because you kept your lights up for mental health that's what i think should happen in northern here for that yeah it's just it's just like with all and i i define these terms in the book but for me a while ago i just I gave some definitions. Spirituality is when we are taking what's invisible and making it visible. And then religion is the practices, rhythms, and rituals around that visibility. So like, we're just steeped in a lot of history of tradition and uh, rituals and rhythms that have been built around this thing. And uh, I think to contextually make it come alive again, we have to, sometimes we have to just like bypass all of this deep tradition to go, what was the original intent of this? Because we got caught up in the mechanic that of the essence. And I felt like for me, at least, I was like, man, I'm lost in the mechanics of Christmas and I, I lost the essence of it. And I just need to like come up with some new mechanics to find it again. And, that, and that's what this book or this in the series of work is an invitation to do. I also think like um, as uh, what was really surprising about, because my first few images were about pregnant women, which is not uncommon for Christmas because it's Mary. But I was like, here's some nipples, here's some vagina, you know, like, because I'm like, I'm not a woman, but I live with one and I've witnessed three kids being born. And I've been there, watch the heads come out, you know, and I was like, and, and it wasn't any trying to way to like scandalize it as much as go like, I bear, I'm a witness to what happens. And I had this overwhelming response from women who were just like, thank you for making these images. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't realize how much of Christmas had left out my biology. When in, in like specifically this story, it's all about female biology. Yeah. And 
And uh, when I was, when we were pushing this proposal around, one editor was like, what does a white male have to say about, like, why is this guy tackling female biology in Advent? And I was like, that's a legit question. My response is that because like powerful men are the ones who push sanitization of the story. Right. And I, I don't want to take the microphone from any women who want to tell their story. Not at all. But I want to stand alongside and as part of the person who embodies, who like the, the, one, the ones who sanitize it, I want to go, I want to de-sanitize it. Yeah, I want to point to the beauty and uh, the sacredness of it. I can't, I, can't, I can't know what it's like to be you. I, like, I'd, I'd ask my wife through every pregnancy, like, what is it like having something move around you? And she's like, oh, it's just really weird. Yeah. And I try to imagine, like, it, is it like aliens? Is it what? You know, yes. is it like that? Is it indigestion? Yeah, it's all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't fully know. I can't know. But I bared witness. And so to my best ability as a storyteller and a, an artist, I wanted to share and uh, proclaim what I witnessed that, that the, the mysterious unknown God came through female biology and, um, and, well, and that is and sacred. I know, I know the intention of asking that question. Like, what does yeah. this guy have to say about it? Yes. But how many of our stories have been told by people who haven't experienced them firsthand? Like yeah. sometimes there's something to be said for, like I've had human, I've grown to humans in my body, but yeah. No, I want to hear what it's like to experience those bodies coming out of my body on the outside. Like yeah. that's it. That's like uh, enrapturing. Like that's yeah. just it's a different. It's a different perspective, and that's what. Yeah. That's what helps us understand things is is yeah. hearing other people tell the story. Because you you experienced it like coming out of your being. If I was there, I'll say my own wife's experience. <laughs> I, I witnessed it from the outside seeing this like new human emerge. So I just right. had a different perspective than the mother did. And right. uh, both are important. They're not, yeah. we're not, we don't need to make a, like a false dichotomy of which one's more important. Probably no. others. But it was like, but also, and that's the story, that is the story of the incarnation is like, we hear a bit of Mary's story, but then we hear the story of the shepherds and the, and the Magi. Exactly. Uh, Anna and Simeon and all of these other partakers in this incarnation. It came into a world and a community of humans and it right. touched all those people. So, anyways, and yeah. that's I, what I was kind of trying to, I was trying to get there, but kind of got stuck on my own thoughts is like that, that is what the Christmas story is in scripture is it's all these different viewpoints. It's all these different experiences and and when you read it, like I'm sure different ones hit you differently. Like the shepherds hit are their experience is what impacts some people. Mary's is what impacts others. And so I love that like if we're gonna rebrand Christmas, people have to start rebranding it. And they can't yeah. let their experience with it or lack thereof keep yeah. them from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and I know you are in the process of reading it, but like uh I go through like shepherds and magi and, right. and go and try to find, cause like we, there's so many cliches of, of the Christmas story because, and it's been through thousands of years of tradition, but also like Christmas pageants and stuff. It's like, what's the best way to tell the story in 20 minutes with a group of kids who aren't good at acting. Right. So that has affected how we think about the whole thing. But like, like specifically with shepherds, like shepherds, 
like in the Old Testament, shepherds are like noble landowning people. Right. Shep- yeah. Shepherds in the New Testament, like you weren't the owner, you were just like hired hands. Like yeah. shepherds were kind of like dirty sailors. Like they were kind of like mischievous. A lot of people thought they were thieves and stuff. And unless you were born into a family of shepherds, you had to do a lot of things wrong to become a shepherd. Most Jewish boys trained to become rabbis. And so right. if you weren't good enough to do that, you would pick some other kind of trade, like a carpenter or fisherman or something like that. But shepherd was kind of the last one. So you had to do a lot of things wrong to be to get into that vocation. And so it's very unexpected that the proclamation of the first kind of like nation preachers would become failed rabbinical school students. You know what I'm saying? Like it was the people who failed Bible school who became the ones who got to do the first kind of proclamation. But that is the kingdom of God. (laughs) It is upside down and it is backwards and it makes no sense and it's not fair. Exactly. But how many, and so boom, right there in that story, we find ourselves. And that, and that is, that has been my muse as a teacher for the last few years is to, is to go. The only reason we tell these old stories is because they didn't just happen back then they're happening right now. And that's the only, we should stop telling them if they're not happening right now, but we keep telling them because they are happening right now, because how many times have you or I and those listening have dismissed ourselves from being uh, proclaimers of sacred events because we were like, well, I failed at this, I failed at being a good Christian. I'm a crappy Christian. I, yeah. failed at, I failed at being like holy. I failed at being a sacred. And yet the story that keeps progressing over and over is that it's, it's like surprising that, uh, you know, meek nobodies become the people that God uses in the greatest things. And, and I feel and like that's a, still they're in, his favorite people to use. Yeah. And yeah. we've missed it. Yeah, exactly. So I get real hype about this. Like people can't see me, but there's like hands moving and like hands. There's like a whole thing. You have a string, a confetti just came down. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been really loud in this tiny (laughs) Just gonna pop some confetti. But no, I love and I'm thankful that that somebody is doing it, that somebody's saying, Hey, let's look at this different, let's rebrand this, let's look at what this actually what actually happened and what's actually happening and that it's still happening, that we still live in Advent. We can, we can experience that Yeah. today. So by the time this comes out, your book is out. My book will be out. Mm-hmm. Your book will be out. People can get it wherever they get books. I'm sure. Yeah, every, everywhere you can All get All the books. places. All the places. Yeah. And yeah, so it's 25 days of image and word meditations. Um, and I was about to say they're, they're very like, they're like two pages, you know, it's they're very are like doable. One. Yeah, some are like three, some are like one. Yeah, yeah, they're very doable. It's just to be like a touch point for the day. So it's not yeah. trying to solve and answer all the answers. It's uh, it's more of like, it's it's more presenting you enter into this mystery and let it bring wonder to you. Yeah. Um, and I made a bunch of like, art, I made the art available for churches to use for their um like the season, if they want to put art up on their walls or use it for their meditations. I've made, I even made like a sermon session for preach. I logged down. Here, here's some sermons if you want to 
use this book. So, I, yeah, yeah, I think it'll I think it'll have some legs, not just this year, but from time to come. Oh, 100%. But I'm really looking forward to I, I love the format that you've put it in. And so I'm I've I've dove into it a little bit for this interview because I like to be prepped, but I am going to like hold on to it also and do it intentionally through Advent because it, it it's I'm telling you all from what I've gotten to look at. This is really like this is what you need this year. It's what we're going to need to carry on. And and I think that this will impact the way that you see Christmas forever. But good Lord, could this book have come out (laughs) at a better time? Because we need, I, we need a real Christmas this year. We need the hope and the anticipation and the truth that it brings and not just the fluff. I agree. I'll stamp it and put my agreement on it. Yeah. I hope so. Cause your name's on it. So and my name's on I hope it. you like my name it. Is on it. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't suck. That's what I run all my stuff through, uh, is if when I get done with it, I'm like, does this suck? Or am I bored with this? Like it's, yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm my own critic. So it is vetted by me and my editor and many other people. Yeah. So it, it's not coming into the world as a polished turd. That's good. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been great. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Kitta Fire X Hardwire smoke detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows when you order a four-pack of Kitta smoke detectors for just $39.97. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.